0: Welcome to episode 55 of Let Go, Lean In podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. Today represents a couple of endings, and I'm hoping that we do it well. The the first of the couple of endings is that this is the last episode of our summer series of Enneagram and Leadership. And I'm very excited to be able to share a conversation with a friend of mine who in real life, who also happens to be an Enneagram coach. So stay tuned for that fun. But the other ending actually will be spelled out a little more at the end of my conversation with Terry. And that is what you wanna listen in for because Today is the last day to get entered into Let Go, Lean In podcast birthday giveaway. So listen in at the end of the episode for all the details. Again, so glad you're listening to this conversation. Well, welcome again to another episode of Let Go, Lean In. I'm really excited to introduce you today to an in real life friend, Terry Lieberman. Terry and I got acquainted through coaching and a mutual friend, and it's been just a, a lovely few years, I can't even remember, of, um, of friendship. So it's, it's great that I get to welcome you, Terry.
1: Thank you, Lisa. It's just so good to be here, and so uh, always so good to be with you. Yeah. thanks. <laughs> thanks. It, it's, it's a
0: mutual admiration society for those of you listening. Yes. We're, we're going to talk about each other in loving ways, which is always nice in a friendship, right? Well, I officially want to introduce the listener to you. So I'm going to read your bio so that they can get to know what you're doing in the world these days and in the past a little bit. Terry is a certified deep coaching practitioner. She is passionate about life and learning to live it fully alive. Yes, that's true. That's my insert. Her delight is to partner with others in their journey toward wholeness and wholehearted living. Through a coaching relationship, she assists her clients in uncovering the ways that they limit themselves in being all they were created to be. Terry uses Enneagram wisdom, somatic awareness, and powerful questioning techniques to surface core limiting beliefs and protective behavior patterns that prohibit her clients from knowing and living from their truest self. As a result, clients experience heightened self-awareness and embody a more authentic, powerful, and fulfilling life. Terry brings over 30 years of experience in the field of education where she studied the art of learning. These years were spent in the classroom with students of all ages. She has over 15 years in adult learning as an educational coach and as a college professor. The teachers and students she has mentored, coached, and managed have engaged their work with greater capacity, commitment, and passion. Terry's experience in education inform her work as she supports her clients to achieve their personal and professional goals. I love that.
1: Thank you. Yes.
0: I really had to resist inserting my more of my own edits in there <laughs> and say, yes, this is so true. This is so true who she is. So hopefully as we get to chat, that will come out in our conversation because you really are a gem. And I'm so glad to get to introduce you to my listeners.
1: So. Thank you so much. It's just a delight. Like I said earlier, to be here and an honor. I'm humbled by it. So oh, oh. It, definitely,
0: definitely a voice that other women need to hear. So glad that we get to have this conversation. And, and one of the things I just, I'm always curious, this is me as an Enneagram seven, just you know, going around being curious, but in the wording in your bio, you use the word deep coaching practitioner. Can you unpack that a little bit? Because people know that I'm a coach too, but I do not identify myself as a deep coaching practitioner. What, what is that really all about?
1: Well, a deep coaching practitioner, um, first of all, I graduated from the Deep Coaching Institute. And so deep coaching would be somewhat like depth psychology in the sense that you go deep. Okay. You really go inward to the core of who you are. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's um, using, and we'll probably get to this later, using the tool of the Enneagram, which is a ah. psycho-spiritual tool. Right. Right. So the result we're looking for really is around um, transformation, which is much different than change. Yes. So that would be a deep coaching practitioner and, um, and using presence also. Mm-hmm. So, um, drawing upon God for those who would call the higher power God or whatever that higher power is for that person. But there is a divine presence. And so mm-hmm. deep coaching would include that as well. Nice. Mm -hmm.
0: Nice. I love that. Well, it's been um, fun for me in interviewing various women in different spaces where they're putting themselves into the world and offering the wisdom that they've gleaned and things like that, just to hear the stories around the idea of leadership, because as, as you well know, I'm passionate to help women see themselves rightly And leadership is a part of all of us, even if we don't have the title in our job description or in the work that we are doing on on a daily basis. And so I would just love to have you share a story of perhaps the earliest memory that you have of yourself in in a leadership capacity.
1: Oh yeah, I thought about that quite a bit and really what came up to me as I reflected upon my past and when I first saw myself as a leader was in middle school and high school, I was very involved in student government Mm. and so I ran for office and was elected and um, that really is my earliest recollection of being a leader. Oh yeah. Yeah. in my world and then yeah and I thought a little bit more around I was very involved with athletics as well okay and so uh, softball especially I started softball when I was very very young and it just always seemed to be I had the position of catcher and shortstop which is you know those are positions on the field that kind of direct others and so Uh I kind of out of necessity had to learn to lead as well yeah
0: Yeah, it's, I love that when you think about those two positions in sports, one is the field. It's, you know, the shortstop is like the field captain, you know, (laughs) the infield captain, and the catcher is calling the game for everybody. You know, like, here's here's what's going to happen next, because this batter and I see what's happening. So, yeah, definitely leadership. What was the position that you were elected to just out of curiosity when you were in middle school? It had
1: something to do with the election commissioner. I was a commissioner, and so I ran all of the student elections and um kind of resided over that made sure everybody was doing what they were supposed to be doing in the elections and that was a long time ago so it's to remember and everything. That boy, you know, you and I have talked a lot
0: about the Enneagram and its influence on us and, and just being able to see ourselves through that lens. And, and I just, I'm smiling, thinking about you being the election commissioner and making sure everything is done right. And, you know, <laughs> people are doing what they're supposed to be doing and you being, you know, in leadership and, in your softball team, even like looking ahead and seeing what's happening and okay, this is what needs to be done. And so (laughs) we should probably help people know where you identify on the Enneagram because like I've been doing this series on the Enneagram and helping people understand what each of the different core types are like and their stances and, you know, those kinds of things. So where do you find yourself on the Enneagram model?
1: I am a, I identify as a type six with a pretty strong wing five, but also a wing seven as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm a social six. So I look to navigate what social situations I'm in. Um, but that identification of coming a six wasn't easy, which for most six, it's not. No. Usually most six back into the fact that they're a is six and they desperately don't want to be a six, which a lot of us don't want to be the, you know, the core type that we are. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I identify as a type six, which is very dutiful, which is yes. always looking out for the needs of others before yep. their own needs. Yep. So yeah, very service oriented. Very much so. And
0: very aware of what needs to be in place for things to function well you know that attention to detail. I mean there are other core types that have some of those elements too, but a 6,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, what what is it uh of all the folks that have ever interacted with the enneagram, over half identify as sixes. If I'm quoting that set of statistics mm-hmm. 40 well it's not over half 46.3% of people who have you know either self-identified or taken an assessment identify themselves as sixes and we need sixes because of the orientation that you have and and the safety concerns like we mm-hmm. buildings would not stand if it were not for conscientious engineers who likely are enneagram sixes.
1: Are a lot <laughs> of them, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: So I personally think that your core type is fabulous, and of course that's one of my wings. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. I see the benefit. Anyway. <laughs> well, you know, we're we're dancing around the topic of the enneagram, and you mentioned earlier that we'll probably talk about it more. But one of the things that has been helpful in having conversations with various clients about who they are and how to live a wholehearted life and to be become as as you work with more self-aware so that they can let go of those self-limiting beliefs and things one of the the things is talking about tools for transformation and everybody has like a go-to tool that they use. And some folks have talked about their favorite planner or some of uh, the women have talked about their Bible study practice and their morning quiet time. And, and, you know, so the, the sky's the limit, as far as what you might share with us, as far as your favorite tool to help you lead yourself well, and then to lead and facilitate your work with others.
1: Mm. So what might that be? All right, I'm gonna um, ask a question here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In true Enneatype six, um, and I'm not sure if you're gonna want to use this, so we'll maybe see. edit this out. But when you say using a tool, do you mean um, could I use the enneagram as a tool? Would that be something? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't sure when you gave all those examples of, because real, yeah. Okay. All right. So what tool do I use? Um, I have found that the Enneagram has been a tool for me that has helped me to reflect in a way that no other tool has. Mm. And it has pinpointed with a laser focus, the areas in my being that really hold me back. Mm. So it has identified uh, my core belief about the world. It's identified um, what I avoid, Mm. what I desire and how that plays out in my world, and how that limits me at times, as well as, and I want to add this too, because it's not just a tool to help you see your limitations, but it's helped me, it's pointed me towards what my strengths are. Oh, what's already inside me that I just have to tap into. And so using the Enneagram, along with boy, time to reflect and time to ponder. Um, I do a lot of journaling. Mm. So sitting in quiet is so important for me. Um, gosh, and I, as I say that, I, I would add that I'm also a highly sensitive person. And so um, knowing that about myself, I need to give myself a lot of time to reflect, mm-hmm. ponder, and journaling helps me do that too. So I guess I would say two tools, probably the Enneagram and you know, journaling, self-reflecting. Mm. Yeah. And
0: and I love your emphasis on time to reflect. <laughs> I I know that you and I have have had careers in education, both of us, and those are busy demanding years mm-hmm. and parenting at mm-hmm. the same time right. that we were doing that and and married and uh, you know family relationships and things like that and we're in different seasons now so it's easy mm-hmm. for us to talk about journaling and and time to reflect but i wonder if if you could look back in in your memories to when you were in those busy seasons was journaling a part of your life practices back then? Or did you grow into this awareness of the benefit of that tool?
1: I have been journaling since I was probably 12 or 13 years old. Okay. So it's something that I believe my spirit has always been drawn to. Um, Before I journaled, I'm going back now to really young, I was a tree climber, and I would do my reflection up in the trees. Like uh-huh. I had a tree in my backyard, that I that was my sanctuary. Uh-huh. As a child, I would go up yeah. there and reflect and think about life. And so I've kind of always been drawn to um, that reflection. And I've been writing for quite a long time, so I have so many journals filled with thoughts and reflections about raising my children and yeah. being married and. Um, stories about my students in third and fourth grade where I taught. So yeah, I've always been a journaler. Uh, Yeah. I'm glad
0: to hear that that reflection is a through line for you because we can move so quickly past something of value because we tell ourselves a story that, oh, I'm too busy for that. And yet our soul is longing for that quiet, And so, the reason I wanted to unpack that is because I know that there are women that are, you know, in that season that you and I have walked through who, you know, push back against these ideas. I don't have time for quiet reflection. And yet, there's so much research that speaks to the value of. Meditative practices through journaling, sitting in quiet, walking on the beach, what you know, walking a a hiking trail, whatever it is that involves your body, your thoughts, your mind. And allows your heart to engage, right? There's Enneagram language right there. And journaling is one of those practices, walking by yourself, climbing a tree, whatever it might be. <laughs> I, I love that you are a tree climber. I I just that that is uh, as
1: you say that it just what what I'm drawn to is the rhythm of life. Mm. When you think about even our breath, there's an inhale and an exhale. You think about the waves of the ocean; they come in and they go out, mm-hmm. and so it's really a natural part, I believe, of the rhythm of life. Yeah. So we put out so much, and as as women, especially, mm-hmm. as young mothers, as um, leaders in the field that we are, we do so much giving, that yeah. there has got to be a time when we receive. Mm -hmm. where we just can exhale, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And always be producing, 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 giving. There's got to be, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, you can, you've got to fill up your own bucket before you have anything to others and reflecting and journaling has always helped to feed that well within me.
0: That's wonderful.
1: Well, I'm so glad that
0: you specifically shared that tool because I I resonate with that. I have two boxes of journals <laughs> from my earliest journal, which was not much of a journal as far as you know the the tool itself. It was, I think, what do they call it? Like a ledger book, where. Oh. You know, it just had lines and columns and things, and and I think it was given to me by my grandmother, if I remember. It was just like, here, go write your ideas, you <laughs> know, because I, I did a lot of chatting. <laughs> I wanted to tell everybody what I had been thinking about it. So I think journaling, yeah, journaling came to me as a sanity for somebody else.
1: That's awesome. Good job, Grandma. I know, right?
0: Yeah, that, it's so funny. It doesn't matter how you come to it, that you have an opportunity to, to capture your thoughts and reflect right. on, right?
1: Yeah. You know, and I know writing isn't everybody's thing, but as a teacher, yeah. and I specifically taught and consulted reading and writing. Oh, okay. Okay. This is kind of an interesting little fact that as you write, there's a certain parts of your brain that are activated that are not activated in any other way. And so there's, there's part of your brain that where it actually brings clarity, mm-hmm. the situation you're in. Um, and I have seen that again and again and again, like there's something gnawing at my soul and I'm not even sure what it is and I'll sit down and I'll start to reflect and there's just this aha, like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. that's what it is. And it came as I was writing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just even from a brain stance, there's something that happens that's quite magical. Yeah. As you sit down and reflect and write. And it's the writing,
0: not the typing on the computer. It's the physicality of using your hand to write that mm-hmm. triggers that those neurons. Yes. Yeah. I love that you brought that to light because a lot of people feel like, well, I don't like my handwriting or it takes too much time or whatever, but there's a purpose in it. I I don't know if you've ever engaged with Julia Cameron's work, The Artist's yes. Way. Yes. Yeah. So she recommends to us that we do the morning pages, which yes. is, three pages of writing and it doesn't matter what you're writing about but that (laughs) clarity comes from the practice of writing and and i've heard other people who are you know paid for their writing Mm -hmm. don't just do it for the reflection and the and the soul care that it provides but they believe in that practice as well so this is there's something about it Mm yeah
1: could I add one more thing, please? yes. We're writing as we're talking about writing, um, with many of my clients who struggle with anxiety mm. right now, especially during COVID and after COVID, it is such, um, it's just there. I mean, there's so many people who are suffering with anxiety. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the exercises that I recommend is in the morning or whenever you need to. But oftentimes it's in the morning or at night when that anxiety is triggered and it comes on. Mm. Take a moment and just dump every. I call it a dump page. Just dump everything out that you're worried about, that you're thinking about, and get it on a piece of paper. And then do with the paper what you want. Some people crunch it up and throw it away, but it's just a way to get all those things you're concerned about mm-hmm. out of your body out of your mm-hmm. mind um, and my clients have found that to be very very helpful
0: that's, in managing yeah. anxiety yeah that's that's a great technique too because once you get your ideas the things that you're ruminating on mm-hmm. out of you and you can look at them when they're in the light of day they don't have that worrisome power anymore because in the dark in our thoughts Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we can make that idea bigger and stronger and and more fierce when it comes out and you write it down it's like ah hmm, and you start to see it for what it is and and i would imagine it would help alleviate some of those concerns. Yeah. I mean, anxiety manifests itself in so many ways. And so for you yeah. to be able to offer a tool like that as, mm-hmm. as a help is, is such a gift, which doesn't surprise me at all about you, <laughs> you would be offering gifts for people because you are aware of, of others and the, the needs for them to thrive. So, yeah, I think you found your life work, honestly, which is, is a beautiful thing. I, I know that one of the, the questions that I love to, to ask of those that I get to interview is, is the one that can really trip us up because there's the world's idea of what it means to thrive And there's our personal understanding of what it means for us as individuals to thrive. But I, I like to work with my clients with growing their awareness, equipping them with tools so that they can thrive, Mm -hmm. but it's important to know what is thrive. It's like, you know, what is success, right? And what does it, what does it mean to thrive? So to that point, Terry, what, what does it mean for you to thrive in your life? Mm
1: -hmm. Wow, it's such a great question. Um, You know, when I first think about thriving, my mind automatically goes to my rose bushes in the backyard. Oh, say more, please. (laughs) I've planted these uh, Cecil bruners. They're a climbing rose. And I've really had a difficult time with them thriving to Mm. see that their leaves are healthy and they're blooming and they're producing the roses that they're supposed to produce. Right. And um, I've had to learn what they've needed in order to help them to thrive. And so um, what, thank goodness I have a nursery nearby who she's her name's Hope in Los Osos, California, and uh, Hope has given me a concoction of organic materials to feed my roses that, oh my gosh, they're thriving. Oh. And, um, and so part of it is knowing what you need to know. Dallas Willard has a quote, you cannot care for what you do not understand. Yeah. And so as I think of the roses, I just didn't know what they needed. Now that model can only go so far as models go because the roses cannot care for themselves. They need someone else to care for them. Right. So as a human, I guess I would extrapolate that to understanding who we are as people Mm -hmm. in order to thrive. Mm -hmm. And not only understanding who we are, but accepting, accepting who we are, all of the things we love about ourselves, as well as all of the things we really don't like about ourselves. It's when we embrace it all that we feel comfortable in our own skin. It's when we're aware of when we're living from our truest self versus living on autopilot, our conditioned selves, Mm. um, that we really thrive. And there's a freedom that comes from that. I'm no longer responding out of, you know, I think I should do this. I'm responding more, excuse me, from a place of presence Mm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: where... I'm just, I'm present and I'm aware of what needs to be done. I'm not living with my nervous system hijacked and that's a whole nother topic. Right. We could go into that if, if ever you've experienced trauma in your life, you're going to experience that. Yeah. Yeah. So thriving would just really be knowing who I am and having the freedom to live with that kind of presence, Mm. with that kind of courage and vulnerability Right. Um, feeling it all, feeling the pain, feeling the joy. Um, that's what fully alive is. Yeah. And that's when we truly thrive. That's what wholehearted living is, isn't it? When yes, It's when our
0: whole self is able to, as you said, be present mm-hmm. and embrace This is who I am, not with the attitude of like, hey, this is who I am. So just deal with me because that's (laughs) that's not what we're talking about. But but to be able to embrace those laser points that that you mentioned earlier, that the Enneagram has shown you about how you're wired and how how you have areas of concern that need to be addressed as well as these are your strengths. Mm-hmm. wholehearted is is embracing it all.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: love that definition of thriving Terry. Thank you so much. I I hope that as people listen they start reflecting on where am I already in alignment and what am I not taking a look at. And and honestly this is what my hope is after they listen to this um, episode. They're going go to go onto the show notes and see. This is how I get connected with with Terry, who does this deep coaching, and I want more of that because I want to be able to thrive as she has talked about. And yeah. and it's a journey, isn't it? It's not like a, a line in the sand, and we cross it and then go. Okay, now I'm just cruising. <laughs>
1: No, it really is a journey. It truly is three steps forward and two steps back. And and I like to say that this journey is kind of like cooking in a crock pot instead of a microwave. Okay. So it's a real slow process of growth, but growth nonetheless. Yeah. And um, wow, as I reflect upon how the Enneagram has helped me, Lisa, I so wish I was introduced to it years and years oh, ago goodness. as a yes. mother, so mm-hmm. that I could begin to look at how my children were created. Um, it has truly helped my myself and my relationship with my children as adults, as yes. well as my husband and our relationship. It brought our marriage to a completely different level which was a whole nother journey, but then even just as a teacher or whatever profession you're in, you have people you work with and they tick a certain way Mm -hmm. and they have a little bit of understanding as to how they tick and what they avoid and what they desire and all of those things. You begin to have a little more compassion. Yes. And it helps you in every area of your life. Yeah, so true.
0: Well, I love the way that you've drawn this to this, this beautiful ending, the Enneagram helps you in every area of your life. And so if you are, as a listener are wanting to know more about that in the show notes are going to be all the ways you can get in touch with Terry. And she generously is offering a 30 minute coaching consultation for you. So take advantage of that because she'll get right in to what's below the surface with you, asking these deep questions that you're like, oh, that's a good question. (laughs) And you get to bring forth some of the things that have been stirring in you, but you haven't made time to take a look at. And so I highly recommend you look into spending time with Terry. And this time has been such a gift as it always is. And I look forward to our offline coffee date in the not too distant future. So That's something sorry, everybody. But I'm excited about so Terry. Uh Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to, to meet with me in this way. And I know that women are going to be interested in getting to know more about your work and, um, yeah, just, just a treasure. So thank you again.
1: Thank you, Lisa.
0: So here we go. The details for the end of let go lean in podcast birthday month. Woohoo! It's been fun to see names being added to our resource recap newsletter. And if you haven't done that, head over to letgoleaninpodcast.com, click the learn more button and sign up to be a recipient of that monthly resource recap newsletter when you do that you receive immediately a birthday gift from me a boundaries affirmation pdf that is actually quite lovely thank you canva and i am happy to be able to share that with you as a gift for signing up Not only do you get that immediate gift, but your name will go into the drawing that will happen tonight at the end of this calendar day, August 31st of 2021, for one of four opportunities. First chance person will be able to receive a leadership book of your choice. I posted today over on Instagram on let go lean in podcast my uh, podcast instagram account the titles that you will be able to choose from so if you're curious head over to instagram for that post and then the other thing is an enneagram ieq9 assessment that is a gift from me to you The third is three coaching sessions with yours truly, Lisa Lewis, on leadership, Enneagram, how to integrate work, life, and faith. The topic is yours for the choosing and three 50-minute sessions will be my gift to you. And one lucky person whose name is drawn after those three birthday gifts are chosen The fourth person's name drawn will receive all three gifts a leadership book of their choice, an Enneagram assessment from IEQ9, and three coaching sessions. My gifts to you. So get over to LetGoLeanInPodcast.com and get signed up for the monthly resource recap newsletter, and you'll be entered for the birthday gift giveaway. Thanks again for being here.